Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of So You Think You Can Fanon. I'm the birthday boy, Sergio, and I'm here with Kai, Matt, and Jake. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, I forgot yeah. to clap. All right. I'll clap now. After He's an adult now. I, uh, yes, I, I just recently, I, t- I turned 24 um, as so of today, and uh, I'm now an adult. I haven't you been. Have one before. year left until your brain is done developing. My brain hasn't developed. Damn. Did you know that whole your brain stops developing at like 25 is like one of the biggest brain myths that's still like perpetuated yes. to this day? What's the, is, it, is your brain never done developing? I don't remember because I remember reading an article on it. Um, it like... I mean, I mean your, your brain's always going through changes. Like it's always like... Yes growing and like yeah, i feel like if your brain was done developing at 25 people wouldn't like develop mental illnesses when they're in their like 30s you know what i mean well i think though yeah, your brain can always be changed <laughs> like it's not that your brain stops doing anything because obviously you're still a sentient fucking being my brain never does anything but but i think what people have noticed is that there's significant restructuring and rewiring in the brain up until about 25 and then that slows down a lot you stop having nearly as much plasticity in your brain past that point. So, from I mean, Wikipedia, technically, you stop having as much brain plasticity once you're like a teenager because you can't <laughs> develop like barely any new neurons at that point in time. Like, they're just dying from that point in time, they're just straight dying. So, from what I found on Wikipedia, human brain maturation continues to around 20 to 25 to up to 30 years of age and beyond. Although, it is worth noting there's no actual evidence suggesting that impulse control only finishes developing in humans in the 20s. It is a common misconception that the brain only fully develops by 25, so that number comes from two particular studies. One on psychosocial maturity, where greater than 50% of the people being tested only reached a plateau in impulse control by the age of 25. However, some were recorded to have reached adult levels of in pulse control by mid-teens, and some had not reached it even after 30. This is true. The only psychosocial maturity I care about is the Slipknot song. Can I get an amen, fellas? Okay. I don't know that song. (laughs) I I don't know that song either. Speaking of psychosocial maturity, let's read the Pokemon fanfic where Red has psychosocial maturity, eh? Eh? Uh, uh, no, he's like a 15-year-old. <laughs> Damn. We're back hey, to some, reading uh, Pokemon the, on the some, Origin of Species by Daystar Eld that we read for our th- uh, third anniversary um, last year. Oh, yeah. It was a good fic when we read it. Yeah, I think we should read more like, yeah. Outside of birthdays and special events. Yeah, um, just for a quick little recap, uh, the fir- the first chapter was just Ash and Gary, Ash, Gary, red and blue, uh, going to go get their Pokemon, their Pokemon. I mean, yeah. they're, they're basically Ash and Gary. You're, you're, um, you're, you're fucking, 
American death bias is showing scum. I think you mean Satoshi and Satoru. The uh the the the, the, the their names in this in this fan fiction are red and blue and also leaf is in this remember leaf i do leaf. I've, re- I've read pokemon adventures i do remember leaf not green <laughs> yes leaf <clears throat> i wish she was green though that'd be funny anyways shall we uh shall we kick her back off and we'll reread the summary sergio uh yeah that doesn't that doesn't answer my question, right, Jacob and Kylie? He answered a yes to, to two alternatives. <laughs> I thought you said, do you want me to read the summary? I mean, if you want to go ahead and read the summary, go ahead. Okay. Enter <laughs> the world part of-, of the question. Enter the world of Pokemon from a rational perspective. Instead of starting his journey in ignorance, Red has spent his years studying the creature so central to his world. He doesn't quite agree with all the information in his books. No time for rookie mistakes here. He's on a quest to discover the true nature of Pokemon and maybe even find out where they really come from. All right. Now, who's Red, Blue, and Leaf? Well, I, I will be Leaf. I think that one's yeah, obvious. That, that, that just makes sense. So who's I forget gonna be... who was who for red and blue. I think, I think Kai and I play rock, paper, scissors in red and blue. We could just go back to the episode and look. Kai, you're red. There we go. Okay. That works. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Chapter 2. Thank you. Fallacy of the single cause. <laughs> Let's see here. All right, I'll be the uh, I'll be the uh, other other voice here. Okay, trainers. First step is to bring out your pokeballs. Red, blue, and leaf all stand. What? Don't laugh at that. <laughs> Sorry. That's just what they're called. What? what, what Pull out your balls, fifteen-year-olds. That's what Kai's laughing at. <clears throat> Especially you, the the female fifteen-year-old. We know you've got them. Sonic High School ass fucking logic. Yeah, she, she has balls too. <laughs> Speakers and cameras are set in the ceiling behind them, so Professor Oak and others can watch and instruct them. Waist high dividers run the length of the room between the three as they face the far end, where target poke dolls shaped like various Pokemon stand on mechanical tracks facing them. Empty lanes stretch out to their sides. Do they have a Pokeballs throwing range? <laughs> I guess so. No, it's a shooting range for the Pokemon, I would assume. True. Red feels sweat collecting under his hat and rubs his palm against his pants for the third time, shifting his Pokeball around to get a better grip on it. He's about to meet his Pokemon for the first time, and he doesn't want to make a fool of himself in front of the other two. He wonders how many of the staff from the lab are on break to watch, and he has to dry his palms once more. When you call out its name and give it one of the commands to come out, there'll be a two-second delay. Throw it forward in as straight a line as you can, red side up, white side down, with a forward spin. The Pokeball will open to release onto the ground, and the energy will send the ball in the opposite direction. You can release your Pokemon from your hand, but the recoil is rather strong, and you need adequate empty space around you for the ball to open. Now, begin! Silence reigns in the hall. Long and empty, with the only sound, Red's heartbeat beating, thumping, rocking in his ears, and finally... Bulbasaur, I choose you! Lee's voice thunders through the room without echoing, the walls and ceilings shape to break up sound. Red watches the ball sail forward in a spinning blur, and then there's a flash of sudden light. 
The Pokeball shoots back toward Leaf, who shifts her hand a split second too late to catch it. Her fingers <coughs> are smooth metal and send it up over her head to clatter against the wall behind her. In front of her is a four-legged teal reptile with a dark green bulb on its back. It blinks and sniffs, beginning to explore its surroundings. Squirtle, go! Blue's ball flies in a slower, straighter arc, so that when the light flashes out, he's able to catch it as it sails back toward him. Go, Charmander! Red yells and throws his ball, aiming for a slow, easy underhand, a flash of light, and then his ball comes back faster than he'd thrown it and at a slight angle. He stretches out his arm, but the ball hits the wall behind him with a crack that makes him wince. He'd never been the best at catching pokeballs in the practice lessons at school, and his nervousness here is undoing all the practice he put in for his journey. Then, <clears throat> all his attention is on the three-foot-tall orange lizard in front of him, standing on its hind legs with a long tail held behind it for balance. A small flame burns steadily at its tip, barely noticeable under the strong lights. Uh-oh. Who's going to do the Pokemon sounds? That's just... Oh, wait, I thought I was saying... Red, that's just Red saying Charmander. Oh, okay. Okay. Never mind. <clears throat> okay. We're good. Charmander. The lizard, the lizard turned at the sound of its name, and Red approaches it, kneeling down and letting it sniff his hands. He looks to the side to see Blue and Leaf doing the same with their Pokemon. When you and your Pokemon feel comfortable with each other, just feed them some berries. Red pulls out a plastic pouch of the side compartment in his bag, and he rolls some berries into his palm. There's a wide variety in it, each with slightly different properties. Most medicine is based on certain berries and fruit, Oran and Oban for healing, Lepa for energy, but the majority are mundane food or treats for training. The Charmander's rough, warm tongue snaps out to scoop up the one it likes, and he runs his fingers over the soft scales of its head as it chews. Bright blue eyes rise to meet his, and Red's chest tightens as he looks down at his first ever Pokemon. As far back as he can remember, he dreamed of forming a bond with his very own, a companion for life, something for him to take care of that would defend him if needed. Together, they'd be able to travel the world like his father had before he joined the Rangers and gotten killed by a wild Scyther. That's crazy, Jackdine to a Scyther. Yeah. I mean, those things are terrifying. Have you seen them? Kind of bitch made to me. Cut you to cut you to pieces i would never die to a bug that's just me bro you you would die to a fucking magmar scyther is 411 yeah manlet <laughs> with blades for with arms hands. <laughs> and just stand far away it has wings wait, wait until jacob realizes picking up the wrong newt in north in pacific northwest might kill him bug spray <clears throat> true what do you mean bug spray <laughs> It's a bug type. Oh, you're talking about the Scyther, not the, not the Newt. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Newts? What am I going to be in the Pacific Northwest? You might find know. yourself there. Yeah, when I'm walking through Seattle and dodging needles, I'm going to be like, oh boy, a fucking Newt, and then I'll touch it and I'll go, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> That would literally happen. It's the most yeah, no, that's, like, that's poisonous land animal, and I almost touched one. I'm the I'm most poisonous more. land animal. Also, did you did you see that Scyther got a new evolution in Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I kind of hate it. It's called Cleavor. Oh, Cleavor? This is I thought you were going to say oh, Cleavor. Yeah, I remember that. Kachek General. <laughs> I actually think it looks pretty fucking sick. I like the big hands. I don't like how it kind of looks like a bird. You look like, a fucking, look like a fucking bird. There's like a bee. Yeah, I think it looks pretty you, dope. But you sound like a bird the way you're chirping, boy. Beaks. What kind? 
some bugs have beaks, so it still works. Yes. I think there's a good chunk of them to do. Anyways. <clears throat> Red shakes his head, driving the thought away of scythers and cleavors, then gives the Trimander one more scratch between its eyes and stands up. He knows the next part of the drill. He's done all this and more countless times in The Sims, but somehow it's different in person. Soon the target poke dolls are sliding forward along their rails. The one in front of Red is shaped roughly like a bee drill. Charmander battle. His Pokemon goes rigid and then it spins around. When it catches sight of the Pokedoll, it growls, stepping in front of Red. Red feels a bit absurd for a second, being protected by a creature that barely reaches past his knees once it's on all fours, but a glance at the sharp claws extending from its hands and feet does away <coughs> with that. A closer glance also shows that the flame at the end of its tail is larger than it was a second ago. By the time the foam-clad figure stops a few feet in front of his Charmander, Red hears Blue and Leaf give their own Pokemon the battle command. All three Pokemon stand ready to defend their trainers. Red sees that the Bulbasaur has two vines extended from under its bulb, held poised above it at the ready. Oak's voice breaks the silence, saying, Begin! Charmander, scratch! Squirtle, bite! Bulbasaur, <laughs> tackle! In a blink, the Charmander dashes forward and swipes at the Pokédoll. Strips of foam fly off of it, and the force of the blow spins it, an arm coming around to hit the Charmander from the side. Red's Pokémon hops back, dodging the counterattack and planting its feet in front of the ready. Red grins. His Pokémon is fast and clearly well-trained. Not that he had a hand in that, of course, but it's good to know. Now to know what else it can do. He pulls out the sheet of paper Professor Oak had given him with his Pokémon's trained commands on it. Charmander, Ember. The Charmander's flame doubles in size, and with a growl it spins, tail lashing out. Some of the fire detaches itself and sails onto the Pokédoll. Its foam is clearly fire retardant, but the Ember still melts into the material a bit before being snuffed out. Squirtle, Wire Gun! Bulbasaur, Vine Whip. The blue turtle rears its head back and then spits a short jet of water at the Pokédoll hard enough to spin it around. Leaf's Bulbasaur extends its vines far enough to whip the Pokédoll with loud thuds. Good, Oak says. Most Pokemon are smart enough to learn a number of commands, but yours are particularly intelligent. Try reaching, try teaching them new ones, or experimenting with the ones they have, and keep practicing until your Pokemon begin to show signs <coughs> of tiring. Physical attacks tend to be less tiring than their more unique abilities. As their trainers, you'll need to learn how to judge your Pokemon's health and withdraw them if they're too hurt or weary. Now continue. Bulbasaur tackle. Squirtle water gun. Charmander ember. They continued drilling with their Pokemon for another couple of minutes, trying out all sorts of different maneuvers, running, guarding, following, dodging, and mixing attacks with all of those and a dozen more before Red begins noticing the signs of exhaustion. The Squirtle's shots of water are smaller and less powerful. The Bulbasaur moves slower and his vines strike with less force. Meanwhile, Red's Charmander... Red kneels down and rubs the lizard's head. It looks up at him, pupils dilated, chest rising and falling with his heart breaths. Red feeds it some more berries, looking at its tail flame with some concern. It's definitely smaller than it had been at the start. Red gets up to approach the target polka doll, and Charmander growls from behind him. He looks back and smiles as the lizard moves to stand between him and the polka doll once more. It's okay, Charmander. Red goes, and he retrieves the Pokeball from where it had struck the wall, and points his lens at his Pokemon. You did great. Return. A red beam hits the Charmander, spreading over it in a flash of light that returns to the Pokedoll, Pokeball faster than a blink. Red approaches the Pokedoll, fingers feeling the pits and holes where his Charmander's fire had melted the foam. 
What has his Pokemon done exactly to use its tail flame as an attack? Fire needs something to burn, like wood or candle wick. When he and Blue had practiced wilderness survival, they had found some materials better than others for catching fire and burning longer, but while bits of flaming debris sometimes fell off the burning material, the fire itself always clung to whatever it was on. Not being able to burn the foam, Charmander's embers guttered out, but what had sustained it in the flight along the path? Fire, fire isn't, isn't something, something that can be thrown. Red it walks away from thoughts. the Poke. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's your thoughts. That makes sense. <clears throat> Red walks away from the Poke doll and pulls the Pokeball back out, pointing at the floor in front of him. Charmander, go. He almost remembers po- Professor Oak's caution about the recoil too late and braces his arm just before the flash of light that brings Charmander out sends his arm snapping back. Red grimaces and rubs his elbow. Note self, work on upper body strength more to at least reach a threshold to summoning Pokemon one handed. Charmander stands waiting, exactly as it had before Red had withdrawn him, flame low and breathing hard. Red kneels beside it and feeds it more berries, then bends his head to examine the fire at the end of its tail. No matter how hard he strains his eyes, he can't make out what the fire is burning exactly. It seems to just flare out from the end of its tail, blue at its base, then white and red above that. Red moves his hand above the fire until he feels its teeth and he snatches it back. It's Bulbasaur return. Red looks to the side to see Leaf smiling at her Pokeball. He frowns, rubbing his elbow again. Why wasn't there any recoil from drawing a Pokemon like this and releasing it? Red looks back at the Charmander's tall, tall tail flame. One mystery at a time. One mystery he- at a time. Oh, sorry. He pulls his Let pocket me notebook out. Let my thoughts. Ah. <laughs> You're grounded, Matt. You're grounded. You're grounded. You're grounded. Grounded, grounded. Two weeks, no Xbox. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have one. Three weeks, no Xbox for arguing. Oh, okay. He pulls his pocket notebook out and tears a sheet out before f- holding it over the flame. Okay, now we have to do Pokemon sounds. And, and I, got sounds. I got this. I got this. I got it. Go for it. <laughs> Red blinks and looks at the Charmander who's watching over its shoulder as he burns the paper. Red smiles and rubs its head, and they watch together as he lifts the paper away so it can burn on its own. When it's burned almost down to his fingers, he blows it out. Was there a noise? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> he, he definitely... <laughs> It's it's really distorted. I think it's my headphones, though. It's, it's got to be your headphones because it's coming through very very roarish on my end. I just heard like a. <laughs> <laughs> the way okay. you couldn't hear what I was saying earlier too just confirms that it's your headphones being silly. Yes. Yeah, they it's are really definitely confused. your headphones. These are different ones than I normally use. What happened to the ones you normally use? Oh, I'm just not using them. I just I wanted to use earbuds because my head hurts. Uh, that's fair normally i wear headset but anyway okay uh don't worry i'm not gonna do that to you red feels along the burnt edge of the paper what else burns wood paper cotton cloth none of which the end of the charmander's tail he knows some forms of gas are combustible but you can't throw burning gas either and all that leaves is oil (coughs) You produce some kind of oil, don't you, Charmander? Maybe as a form of waste? Cover yourself just... in oil. You stop that. 
trying to just <laughs> its breathing is lighter now its pupils less dilated it nuzzles its hand and he scratches the soft scales under its jaw red laughs as its eyes slip half closed as it begins to sway left and right its tail bobbing in opposite directions squirtle return a flash of light and then blue clips the pokeball to his belt and examines his own target poke doll a soaked nidorino Fresser Oak. What gender are our Pokemon? Bulbasaur and Charmander are males. The Squirtle is a female. That's rare. Professor. That's like a 1 in 10 chance. Damn. Damn. Professor, is it okay if I perform a quick experiment? Hmm. You tell me, Red. Red runs through the checklist of guidelines for safe and ethical Pokemon experimentation. Will it cause harm to a human? Will it cause permanent harm to a Pokemon? So it's okay if it, if it oh, temporary does temporary harm. harm. But not if it temporarily harms a human. You can heal temporary harm. That's true. true. You got potions. Still not very nice, though. But anyway, will it damage potential relationships <coughs> between the Pokemon and humans? Does it violate the trainer's priority in deciding what is best for their Pokemon? As Red was the trainer in question, four was fine, and he had no intention of damaging his relationship with his Charmander, so three was two. It wouldn't harm the Charmander either, so he was clear on two, and as for one... <coughs> I might get burned a little, but I'll be very careful. I've got a few burn remedies in my bag. Uh, then you may proceed with caution. Red smiles. Thank you, Professor. It's the first time he's being trusted to perform an experiment all on his own. He rethinks what he has in mind to ensure he doesn't screw it up, aware that not just Professor Oak, but also Red Supervisor Dr. Maddie and the other researchers he's worked for are probably watching him too. Finally, Red takes his notebook out of his pocket and tears out a handful of paper. He places them on the floor in a pile, then goes over to the Poké Doll and digs his fingers into one of the slashed lines in the foam. With a pole that sends a warning pain through his elbow, he rips a section of foam off the Poké Doll. Judging it big enough, he walks a few feet from the pile, from the paper pile. <clears throat> Charmander, he says, and the lizard looks at him. He points to the paper with one finger. Ember. The Charmander looks at the paper pile, then back to him. <laughs> Ember, he says again, jabbing with his finger. Charmander looks back at the paper, then spins without warning. Flames lash out onto the paper pile, and Red rushes to slam the foam down on the small blaze. When he lifts it up, there's a little but charred paper under the foam. He examines them, but feels and sees nothing. That proves what exactly? Blue asks, leaning on the wall dividing him from Red. That I didn't do it fast enough, I think. Well, hurry it up then, so we can get going. Red takes his notebook out again, and this time leaves the entire thing on the floor, then moves away and points at it. Ember. This time, Red slams the phone down within a second after the fire hits it. And when he lifts it up, the notebook sticks to the foam. He peels it off and sees it still smoldering, the acrid fumes making his nose wrinkle. He dabs the small flames with the edge of the foam until they go out, but when he runs his finger through the hole, it comes out dry. Damn it. Red mutters. What's the problem? Leaf asks from beside Blue, folded arms hanging down the wall. Red frowns at the fire in Charmander's tail. Are you aware of the scientific method? <laughs> Such a funny question. <laughs> I know that you're like working with a scientist, but you know what you know what science is, right? You know what fucking science is? Sure. Grandpa and and mom taught me. Ask a question, guess an answer, predict a relationship, test your prediction, and analyze the results. Oh wait, no, this is blue. 
No, it's definitely not blue. No, because if you read farther down, it's he's talking oh, to blue. Okay. No. Oh, whatever. 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 Too late. Red smiles. Oh, I already said it, but I was taught it a bit differently, oh, but okay. that's the gist, yeah. How did you learn it? First comes the question, how does the Charmander sustain the fire at the end of its tail? By asking that question, I'm committed to acquiring the data to answer it. So that's step two, which I did earlier. Research. The Pokedex is no help in this case, but I can observe to gain information too. And what I observed is how it does its ember attack. Red points to the Pokeball. The fire went through the air to hit that. Well, fire needs fuel to be sustained. It's not a physical thing, like a piece of wood. Which leads to step three, my hypothesis. The fire is fueled by the steady release of some kind of oil, which it slings forward to hit whatever it wants to burn. But how to prove it without hurting the Charmander? The hypothesis needs something I can test, a prediction. I thought if I can put out the fire fast enough, it'll leave behind some of the oil that it uses to fuel it. This foam will put it out, and the notebook was there to give it something else to burn besides the oil. Can I say this is just a giant nerd emoji growing into fa fading into existence over Red's head as he's continuing this three paragraph explanation? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he is a scientist, to be fair. Nerd True. emoji, nerd emoji, nerd, nerd emoji. emoji. Nerd emoji, nerd <laughs> emoji. In the silence that follows, Blue, who seemed to have spaced out somewhere around step two, looks at Red. And. <clears throat> <sighs> step four was the test step five is to analyze the data and see if it supports the hypothesis and does it red looks mournfully at his ruined notebook inconclusive so no blue says with a smirk leaf shrugs well maybe the test wasn't good enough why don't you just use the notebook have him ember onto the ground without something else to burn the fire mine and go through the oil as quickly <laughs> red scratches his hair beneath his cap does that make sense? Maybe not, but if the fire jumps to the paper, then there's more fire, which needs more fuel, right? And the best fuel is the oil. Or maybe the paper is absorbing the oil, so you can't see it. Red nods. Okay, I'll try that then. Red stuffs the notebook in his pocket and points to the ground. Charmander. The lizard looks at him. And... Wait! Blue says. Red and the lizard both look at him. Well, you should tell him to throw it farther. He's about to ask why, and before he gets it. You think more oil will be produced? It Blue has shows. to be to go further. Leaf looks thoughtful. So Charmander knows how much oil to throw when the target is farther away? Maybe not as a calculated measurement, but on an instinctual lever, level, or as a learned behavior, sure. That's me. When, 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 yeah. Oh, whoops. It's fine. Keep going, Matt. When Blue notices Red staring at him, he looks defensive. What? You think only people who spend all day reading can know big words? No, I just... Well, you don't use them normally. Damn, Jacob really is Blue. <laughs> That's Red's crazy. That's that so mean. I'm crying <laughs> in the Discord. He's dying. He's crying. Well, you know what? Big words? Uh, disenfranchised. Fuck you. Never come at me with that shit again. <laughs> and Red's a bit impressed. The Blue had thought of that. It's so easy to recognize when Blue's ignorance of science leads him to bad conclusions that Red often forgets that ignorant yeah. doesn't mean dumb. Even outside.
Matt's dad cameo. Do you want me to pick up the narrating for now? No, it's it's good. I'm back. He came in to ask me where the peppers were. He came in to ask Matt if he if he knows where the ladder is. There's about to be a tragedy involving <laughs> someone falling off of a ladder. <laughs> Alright, let's see. Uh, let's see. So Red often forgets that ignorant doesn't mean dumb, even outside of his areas of expertise like Pokemon battling. Lou rolls his eyes. When you live with a professor, you tend to pick some things up. Right. Well, it's a good idea. Unfortunately, it brings up another problem. If Charmander knows just how to how much oil to release to send his fire as far as he wants to go, how would there be any substantial amount left when it lands? They're all silent for a moment when Red grimaces. Okay, let's hope I'm better at this than I am at catching Pokeballs. He takes a few steps back from his Charmander, then points at the Poke Doll. Charmander, Ember. The lizard stares at him, then looks at the Poke Doll, and then back to him. <laughs> was there a noise? I didn't hear there was, anything. There was, in fact, a whole. Look <laughs> at his sound wave! You fucking see the wall of sound? The are fucked. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Awful. Okay, right, um, I'll be fine. <laughs> he takes a step to the side, moving farther out of the line of sight. Go on, oh, Ember. Charmander spins, and Red jumps at the flame, trying to hit it with the foam. It flies past him, and his Charmander growls. Damn it. Red steps to the side again. Ember. He says, pointing at the Poké Doll. His Charmander doesn't move, just growling again. Bah! Charmander Ember, I heard it that time. <laughs> it's, it's probably because it's fucking destroying Kai's earbuds and they can't register the sound because it's too loud. Instead, so the lizard walks in front of him and only then flicks fire at the Poké Doll. Aw, oh, he doesn't want to hurt you. That's so sweet. Red yeah, fire. great. The Pokéball's safety conditioning is very thorough. So thorough, I can't test my prediction. I'll move aside. Blue hoists himself over the divider and takes the foam from him. At this rate, we'll be as old as my gramps by the time we get out of here. Red steps back and Charmander comes with him. Blue, standing safely to the side, lifts the foam and Red points at the Poké Doll from safely behind his Pokémon. Ember. Charmander flicks fire through the air and Blue slaps the foam down on it, quenching it against the ground. Ha! Red rushes forward and when Blue lifts the foam, he kneels down and sees something glisten on the stone for the space of a heartbeat before it suddenly ignites. Red pumps his uninjured arm in the air with a whoop and Blue crouches down to look too. Kai, can we get a whoop? Can we get a whoop in the Discord call? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, baby! Yeah! <laughs> what happened? Leaf asks. <laughs> the fire burns down to nothing, leaving a small scorch mark on the rock. You see some oil? Yep. The red says with a grin. Just before it burned away, it must catch fire when it gets air. Let's do it again so you can see. Hey! I thought we were leaving Pallet sometime today! But we have to see if it's repl replicable. Sorry, my reading is bad today. <laughs> no, it's good. Professor Oak's voice comes from behind them, rather than the loudspeaker making everyone jump up. Uh, don't worry, repeated experiments won't be necessary. Professor. Red points at the scorch mark. They produce oil to make the fire, and that's why it goes out when they die. At least I think it is. Red says, suddenly doubtful. 
I guess that this doesn't conclusively prove that their lives don't also rely on keeping their tails lit, but... Professor Oak is smiling at him. I think I can clear that up. That was very uh, innovative <laughs> experiment you pulled off. It took me much longer to isolate the oil, though I didn't risk immolation to do it. Still, well done, all of you. Red blinks and then his heart sinks. You already knew that entry in the Pokédex. It was one of your tests. The professor nods. I changed the Pokédex's data to match what the rumors about Charmander had been when I was your age. I wanted to see if any of you would notice the problem, ask the right questions, and figure it out. Uh, though I didn't expect it to happen quite this quickly. Uh, go ahead and check. Red pulls his Pokédex out and navigates to Charmander's page, which now begins... Is this Pokédex voice? Do I have to do the Pokédex voice? Yes. Do it. Charmander, the lizard Pokemon. Charmander prefer rocky, mountainous terrain and hatch from their eggs when their tails ignite and crack the shell. They secrete an oil from the end of their tail that combusts when exposed to the air. The flame varies in strength and size based on their mood and health. When agitated, they produce more, but when their vitals are low, the oil trickles to a near stop. Red's chest feels empty. So I didn't discover anything new. Professor Oak and Red's other teachers often gives Red incomplete scenarios or bits of data to solve hypothetical problems, but Red never suspected he would mess with the Pokédex. Blue elbows him. You expected to get your researcher license before even leaving the building? He says, not unkindly. At least give yourself a full, a full 24 hours. I love the fact that Professor Oak was just gaslighting them. <laughs> like, 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 could you imagine if Wikipedia pages were just different until you hit like a certain stage in your life and then they just revealed to you all the information it had been lying to you about? That'd be, be crazy. so crazy. It's a funny math story I'll share once we're done reading. And it was still an original discovery, Leaf says with a wry grin, just a few decades later than someone else had made it. She's right, Red. You did a decent job of tackling your first problem scientifically. Well, Red's I had some help. Remember, all of you, that no matter what the Pokedex says, it can be wrong. Not a day goes by that we don't learn something new, or learn that what we think we know is false. That's why journeys like yours are so important for the world. Fresh eyes gathering new data will ensure we constantly update our knowledge and think in new ways. I have every confidence now that your journey will be one full of new discoveries. The three stand a bit taller, and Red feels his excited energy mirrored in the other's expressions. He puts his Pokedex away and heads for the door. Oh, that's me, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's Come on, let's get going. There are a ton of Pokemon to study between here and Viridin's, Viridian City. Blue tosses the piece of Poke dolls, patting aside and follows. Just as long as we actually end up catching some, too. Laugh track. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I, think it, I think it drew I like out the... The ember oil research a bit much, but I think uh, I think it was a, a good scene. I think it shows. I, know, I actually really it. like the uh, I really like the concept of this fan, of this fic in general. I think I I think I talked about this last time we recorded, but it's been so long that I'm going to do it again. Um, I don't know the the concept of it being like it just a scientific research like spin on Pokemon is just a really fucking cool idea that isn't mm. really explored despite there being like so many Pokemon professors in the games, you know. No, yes. that's fair. I agree with that. I would rather it focus on on the science for most of it, as opposed to like it being like I'm a scientific Pokemon fan fiction. Now here's an entire chapter and a half of nothing but battling. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's if true. It is, if it isn't just the research, then it's it's kind of defeating its own purpose as a fic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Also, it got a chapter five days ago. <clears throat> yeah, Matt yeah. said that earlier. Way to listen. Think, did I say that on the on the recording there? I think so. Maybe I not. I don't think I did. Yeah, it's got over a million one hundred ninety-four thousand words now. Hundred and twenty-four chapters. That's like that's like more than that's like more than ten. That's four um, eyes of the world for uh, <coughs> for uh, comparison. That's crazy. That, that is, is crazy. so long. <laughs> I I I um whenever I look at the lengths of books, I compare them to to eyes of the world now. Yeah, I feel like Fishy, we either do Eye of the World or Percy Jackson. Yeah, no, my friend Fishy has been doing, uh, has been reading through Percy Jackson for the first time, and he's like, "How long are the Heroes of Olympus books?" And I was like, "They're about like two thirds of an Eye of the World." And he was like, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, they're uh, they're each about two Percy Jacksons. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, What's Jake. Up? Go ahead, yes. Jake. T- did you see the Twitter group chat? It's duality of man. No, what was it? What Percy Jackson or Eye of the World? That's the duality of man. N- 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 <laughs> n- no, uh, Michael posted a picture from the new Hunter Hunter game, and he says it's a fucking arena fighter. I'm so bummed. And then Sam goes, fighter. "Yo, Hunter Hunter arena fighter." I thought it wasn't an arena fighter. I have no Damn. idea about the game, so I don't know. Damn. <clears throat> Oh, I was going to share a, a math history story. That was that this uh, this chapter reminded me of. Um, have you guys ever heard of the famous mathematician Ramanujan? No. Okay. Yes. He's a I don't believe he's a numbers. young man from India who sadly <laughs> what? Huh? Go on. <laughs> Being gaslit. Uh, Ramanujan was a young mathematician from <laughs> India who sent letters to Cambridge, and he was trying to get. Science, um, researchers, mathematicians there to um, to get to get them to look at what he was doing because he thought he was discovering some really interesting, fascinating stuff. But what was actually happening was because the quality of schooling in India was very poor, Ramanujan, who constantly thought about math and numbers, was rederiving and rediscovering giant swaths of math just entirely on his own. And the Cambridge professors thought he was bullshitting them because he's just sending them proofs that apparently have already existed. But then he was sending them stuff that they hadn't seen before to derive and prove things. And he was getting up to calculus in these letters and he was very excited about what he was learning. And he, he was asking them if they had uh, had any prospects for his, uh, his research on this stuff. So all the, uh, the researchers of Cambridge that were uh, pertinent to those letters, they all invited him, Ramanujan, to come and study at Cambridge with them, just just from those letters that he was sending them. And they taught him all about the things he was studying. And he was very, very, very proficient as a mathematician. And he did... You know what that makes me think of? What? You know that one Reddit post? (laughs) R slash shower thoughts Reddit post? Where the guy, where the guy is like, where do I go when I, how, who do I talk to at a at a university to ask about my scientific theories, and the the the, like the the text of the post is just like, I keep emailing professors at my local university, but they don't respond. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it makes me think of. That's fucked up. 
That's fucked up. That's just I, that's, that's just what I think of. It's very funny to me. And if I'm correct, there's uh there's a couple of Ramunujans uh Ramanujans Ramanujans uh theories that we haven't solved yet, or at least like fully figured out. I think he was definitely looking at stuff that we uh that we didn't fully understand when he was done um with the with what he was writing there because he died young he's he's dead now unfortunately yeah. he died in like his 30s did too much math Dang. no he had a um amoebiasis 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 dysentery yep oh man uh, that sucks bummer. yep apparently he said that uh eating british food compared to not eating india food was causing problems for him i don't think they know why that he had that but it was it was pretty intense and he killed him at like 32 i think i mean probably it, it either untreated water or on not all the way cooked food is how you can yes mm-hmm. be a big dysentery yes i can't remember if they like fully know why he got it though in, in england because he should have had fully cooked food in england that is why it's strange i don't know yeah. man Maybe he had some like bad haggis or something. I don't, yeah, they were Brit bongs. They might have just been killing him without. Yeah, so, so, it. So, 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 somebody fucking scratched their ass and made his sandwich, and he fucking died. Oh mate, my so, ass scratches so pissed, much. Someone pissed in the fucking the frying oil for the for the fish and chips. That's fucked up. Anyways, back, back on the subject of the fan fiction, I do I do quite <laughs> like the uh, the overall idea of it. I hope yeah, that. Improves in smoothness, though. Go ahead. Because I, I thought the you know the the question it poses where it's like the char like you know the char- the Charbander's fire uh being tied to his life is really stupid when you think about it. If that happened to be the case, it falls into yes. water. It falls into like a puddle and it fucking dies. Um, and then also I thought actually coming up with a mechanism of how it would be keeping that fire lit uh, through like an oil secretion, I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's a that's a pretty logical way to go about it. Although I gotta say, go ahead. Oh, I gotta say that you too could fall into a puddle and just die. <laughs> it can happen. Yeah, but not, not but, in but, the but, same but I would way. have to like fall face down into it and then like drown Be myself. Hell, yeah. Yes. Yes. Be mm-hmm. passed out, but it can happen. If I if I stick my ass cheek into water though, I will not instantaneously experience cardiac arrest and die. That is true. At least Although, I hope it's true. <laughs> there could be an in, there could be a, an interesting thing in here later on where they talk about this and um they say that uh the like nerve shock of the fire suddenly going out could cause like a cardiac arrest in the trimander. I, I I could see that happening. Yeah, or maybe it just causes like a like a pass out reflex yes fainting reflex and they're like oh it's dead but it's no it's not dead mm. he's fine now, now he's i'm fine. just thinking of like uh like a like a lemur-esque event where like not lemur but like what whatever those things like that we thought would just like run blindly off a cliff i can't remember what they were called lemmings lemmings, lemmings. uh where like a bunch of char like charbanders are just chilling like on an outcrop over like a lake and then like it breaks and then they all just fall <laughs> to their deaths at the lake that's fucked up all these charmanders just keep falling off of ladders <laughs> so sad <clears throat> very sad 
Well, anyways, I don't have anything else to say. You guys got any other thoughts? No. Did you see that Toby Fox donated $20,000 to uh, Undertale Yellow's development? I did not. What is Undertale Yellow? It's a fan game. It's an Undertale fan game. It's, um... The part... Oh. The, 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 the... One of the... I don't know if it's an employee or, like, the CEO of the company that, like, does the music distribution rights for, uh, for, for Undertale was harassing the creator of Undertale Yellow on Twitter. <laughs> and so... Oh, no. Toby Fox, like privately ridiculed the guy for doing it and then donated twenty thousand dollars to the devs. That's based. Because the guy was like if like the 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 fan creators like, yeah, we got permission from Toby Fox to like use Undertale music and like re like like rescore it and stuff. And the fucking guy the the employee was like, I will personally donate ten thousand dollars if you have evidence of that. Um oh. and then and then they had evidence of that and he didn't donate it. And so Toby Fox was like, yeah, I yelled at him and now I'm donating twenty thousand dollars to you guys. Consider ten thousand from him and ten thousand from me. That was very nice of Toby Fox. Yeah, that's very pretty based. pretty based, honestly. I wonder how much money Toby Fox has. Oh, so much. Probably infinite. He probably made so much money off of Undertale. I'm not even talking about like um like merchandising yeah the merchandise is probably where most of them are and we have to realize it's on like all digital platforms like it's on switch it's on playstation i think it's on xbox like wow let's see how many copies of undertale have sold uh, i'm only finding numbers from 2015 how many sold in 2015 probably a fuck ton that's the first year oh, it was out it's just, just saying over a million that's a lot for an indie game made by one That's guy that was self-published. Yeah, no, it's 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 quite a bit, but it's not like <clears throat> instant all all over fuck you money. I'm willing to bet he made most of the money off of Undertale from the uh, the merchandise. Um, he's made enough money off of Undertale that the first two chapters of Deltarune that have taken like six years to develop have both been free. Yes, but my point being, I think a lot of the revenue from Undertale is probably from merchandise because you think about it, oh, Undertale's like sure. a ten dollars. Yeah, game. no, absolutely. Whereas you can buy like a thirty dollar plushie <laughs> for the ten dollar game. Mm-hmm. Anyways, though. Yeah. Come Toby back next Fox. episode where we talk about where we interview Toby Fox. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be. Awesome. I, I introduce my well, my Undertale fan game, Undertale Green. Seems like roughly six million units of Undertale have sold and forty-two million dollars in gross revenue. It's an it's an Undertale fan game about smoking weed. That's based. Damn. Damn. We're also going to be chain smoking the entire episode. Damn. By we, I mean me. Only you, and it'll be only me on the episode. Yeah, (laughs) and also Toby Fox won't be there. It's just gonna be a two-hour recording of me smoking an entire pack of cigarettes, and you're pretending to be Toby Fox. Yeah, I'm like, hey guys, I'm Toby Fox. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be doing special voices. That's that's what Toby Fox sounds like. Do you know that? That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to get on that one. I no. Why would you even doubt that? Uh, have you heard him talk? He goes, I'm Toby Fox. 
I've, I don't yeah. think I've heard him talk, but for some reason, yeah. I don't Why do you think, think he, he doesn't like use his voice in like Undertale update videos and he represents himself with the little Pomeranian? Because that's what he sounds like. He yeah, sounds like crazy. a Pomeranian. Yeah, he goes, I made music for Homestuck. You guys remember Homestuck? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Toby. Yeah, I, I remember Homestuck. That's crazy. You made music for it. And he's like, ah! That's crazy. All right, end the fucking episode. You're out of your mind. <laughs> we love you. We love you. We love you today only. I'm Toby Fox. Happy birthday, Sergio. <laughs> Thank you, Toby Fox. <laughs>